Have you been affected by the suicide death of a beloved friend or family member? If so, you're probably facing many unanswered questions. We hope to discuss some of them today. This is What My Son's Death by Suicide Taught Me About Life with your host, Marshall Adler. Marshall lost his own son, Matt, at the age of 32 and has since dedicated his life to talking to people who have also been affected by suicide. Now, here is Marshall Adler. Hello, I want to thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And uh, for the listeners that have been kind enough to listen to the podcast series and the prior episodes, I'd like to thank you for your uh, viewership and your listening to the uh, story of my son, Matt. And you know that I generally have a guest that I discuss the issues of their loss or other issues that uh, pertain to the subject of the podcast. Today, we're going to be doing something a little bit different because I had uh, two different stories that I'd like to talk to you today, and I think it's best if I just do it without a guess and just tell you my own thoughts on the first person. Uh, one of these stories concerns a death by suicide of a young man that I never met and I never knew of until his death, and I read some newspaper articles concerning his death, and he sounded like a incredible human being, a wonderful young man, and I was very moved and touched by his story, and we'll be talking about that in the first part of the show. The second part of the show, I'm going to be talking about a young man that I know very well, that I've personally known for years and years, because he was a very good friend of my son, Matt. He knew Matt for many, many years and stayed very close to Matt and in touch with Matt. But as we all know, as people grow up, people move away, they get jobs, they get uh, an education, they go to different parts of the country, they uh, meet spouses, they have children. And when that happens, you don't have as much contact with your friends and when you get a chance to see them, you really enjoy doing so. Well, this young man that I'm going to be talking about in the second part of the show today was a very good friend of Matt's and had moved to a um, another part of the country for a number of years. And he did not have any direct contact with Matt for a extended period of time and he was not aware of Matt's passing. And when he did find out about Matt's passing, he immediately came over to our house because he was in the Orlando area. And it was one of those times in life where you really appreciate the friends that uh, exist with uh, Matt, and many of Matt's friends became close friends of ours through their uh, kindness with Matt's passing and also with us stay, with staying in touch with us. But this young man was a very nice young man, and it was a very interesting uh, experience for us to reconnect with him and tell him 
about Matt and have him tell us stories about Matt that we really did know about. So I want to touch base on that in the second part of the episode. But what I want to do first is talk about a young man that I never met. And the reason I'm doing this is that I found out that there was a young man named Zachary Winston who lived in the Detroit, Michigan area. Uh, He was a basketball player at Albion College, which is is in the Michigan uh, area of Detroit. His brother is named Cassius Winston, who is the starting guard for the Michigan State University basketball team. And for those who know, Michigan State is in East Lansing, Michigan. And his brother, Cassius Winston, is a very highly respected, very highly um, recruited player. And Zachary Winston was a college basketball player at Albion College, which I'm not from Michigan. I've never been to Michigan State nor Albion College, but apparently they're close by. And my understanding is that Cassius Winston, who plays at Michigan State, and Zachary Winston, his younger brother, who played at Albion State, were very close. And they actually had times where, I think in preseason scrimmages, Michigan State would scrimmage with Albion State, so the two brothers were on the court playing each other. Well, the reason I'm giving you this background is that I recently read a article in a Detroit paper concerning Zachary Winston's death. Um, I would like to really just, instead of using my words, I'd like to tell you about Zachary Winston his life and his death from this article that I read because they obviously know much more about it than I do, but it really sort of resonated with me to show you how insidious the suicide epidemic is to our society. From my reading of this article, uh, Zachary Winston seemed like an incredible young man who had a wonderful gift for relating to people and was a star in so many different ways in life. And unfortunately, we lost him to suicide. So I'd just like you to hear the words that, when I read this article, really resonated with me to show how we have to somehow defeat this insidious epidemic of suicide. So I'm going to start reading this article so you'll have an understanding of Zachary Winston's life and how it affected me learning about his death. The dateline was Albion, Michigan. The basketball player who was so concerned about others while battling his own demons. The tour guide who was so selfless and approachable the student who was so dang sweet and funny, the kid who always asked, how are you doing? 
the one they called Smoothie. He was gone. Zachary Winston, a 19-year-old sophomore at Albion College, died on November 9th, 2019 from suicide. It definitely rocked the people who knew him. One of his friends FaceTimed and, and she was crying. He was a real sweet guy. He was a kind, happy person, a very positive person. Suicide is like a giant rock hitting a pond, creating a ripple of sadness and grief that spreads in every direction. And at this small private college located due an hour due west of Ann Arbor, it is still grieving, still hurting, still trying to process this loss. But over the last weekend, something profound happened on this campus, something filled with hope, because students have started a movement of suicide prevention without even realizing it. A lot of people are trying to band together. Everybody's putting messages on Facebook saying how great Zachary was and saying, if anybody needs to talk, please call me, hit me up, here's my number. This might seem like a small step, but it is significant. Research shows a single person offering support can make a difference for someone who is struggling. The author, the author of this article went to Albion last week to gather information on Zachary and his life, and nearly every, every student told him the same story. It seems that if everybody at Albion was saying the same thing, I'm here for you, I will support you, I'm going through struggles too. It's become both comforting and surprising for many. There are many people who did not feel they could talk to anybody, but this opened up everybody's eyes and people are here to talk. This is what people love about Albion. But what difference does it make? The chief medical officer for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention says it does. When she learned that the Albion students how they reacted, she was inspired by stating, it gives me chills. There's almost a movement, an incredible feeling that we're not alone, we're in this together. We've been through this and I'm here for you. That's a beautiful thing. If that could, if that could become more widespread and more of the norm. It happens in many ways. Residents, assistants, putting up individual messages of support in every dorm door. Students stating, that they really enjoy the connection, looking at pictures, smiling at each other. It gives people chills. For people at risk, when they feel support, feel connected to each other, this might give them a glimmer of hope that study shows could make a difference. You can't help but feel horrible for Zachary's family. It is impossible to imagine what they're going through. Zachary was the middle child of three boys, all basketball players from Detroit, Jesuit, Cassius, the All-American point guard at Michigan State, Zachary, a sophomore basketball player at Albion, and Kai, a freshman, also played the Albion basketball team. You can't help but feel for the Michigan State basketball team. Zachary was around the Spartans constantly hanging out with Cassius, who posts his feelings on Instagram. I'm so proud of you, bro. You fought every demon with everything you had. Research shows that approximately 90% of people who've died by suicide were suffering from mental illness. When you went to war with yourself every single day, not knowing if you could win, that was a battle, Cassius Winston wrote. And finally, you can't help but feel for the Albion students at the small private liberal arts college. 
where classes are kept small and everybody seems to know everybody else. The school has approximately 1,500 students and 90% live on a 90-acre campus. Walking around Alby and the pain and sadness seeps up from the ground like tears from another place. The Albion's Vice President for Student Development and Dean of Students sent out an email to the students and staff outlining counseling services that are available 24-7. In the challenging days ahead, I want you to know you're not alone. Albion College held a vigil Tuesday night at the campus chapel to remember Zachary. He was described as being selfish, the kind of guy who often asks how people are doing throughout their day and trying to make others smile and be comfortable. The chapel was packed. It was nice. It brought a sense of unity to the campus. His teammates spoke and remembered him. They would say how he joked around. They also brought up the tattoo he and his brothers had, Love Gang. One of the members of our basketball team said it. On the count of three, let's all say Love Gang. And then they did. One, two, three, Love Gang. Everybody shouted. This is a small campus. It makes them feel better. We're all kind of united. We're in this together. The loss of a student shows how much we have to care for one another. Zachary worked as an admissions tour guide, walking prospective students around campus. It takes a special person to connect to strangers, to open and to share, to sell without selling. Zachary did that naturally. He was pretty cool. He took me around, made me sure I felt comfortable on campus. He let me know that if I needed anything, I could call him and gave me his number. He talked about how me and my family would be included here, how the professors are very caring. Very caring. This author actually interviewed Zachary last spring while working on a profile of his brother Cassius. He saved the interview and found out on his computer. It was chilling to hear his voice. And I asked him, tell me about uh, your brother. And he did reveal something about himself. His voice was hopeful and energetic. He was, engaged and th- he was engaged and thoughtful, just like his brother's Cassius. Let's see, Zachary said. I'll say, all right, we went to the University of uh, Detroit Jesuit. My first year in varsity was his senior year, my sophomore year, the state championship. And at the beginning, I was struggling. My first year in varsity it was hard to get used to, and he was the first one to see that I was struggling. Not like really struggling, just like getting used to things. He would pull me aside and teach me the plays, tell me what to do and what to do better. He would then take, take his time to show me how to get better and show me what he sees. That's just how he is. The love between the Winston brothers was strong. They were raised in the rec center. My dad, for the most part, would pick us up and take us to work with him. I remember all three of us, all three of us being in the gym and always competing. It was always first, it was always first to do something, first to make 20 makes, first to make 10 makes, things like that. It was always a competition. The thing I always remember and I had the most fun with. It seemed so fitting that when the news was breaking about Zachary's death, his brothers and his father stayed around the rec center shooting hoops after a Michigan State shoot-around. It was like they were turning to a comfortable place, grieving through hoops. The thing, that's a thing that he never was any better and I would listen to his voice talking about his big brother. He was obviously better, but not way better. It was just a trade-off. He was going to win, but there was always a competition. Last spring, when Michigan State University was on its run to its Final Four, Zachary hung out in the hotel room with his brother Cassius and his roommate. 
I got to know them. They're a real special family. I asked Zachary about the trip. That was amazing. It was one of the greatest days I've ever seen. Around that time, something else happened to Zachary. He and his roommate reported a racist message on a whiteboard outside of their dorm room. Many of you may not know that we were racially targeted all semester. And I, today, I was inspired to ne never stay silent again. And he wanted to thank the Albion community for supporting them through this moment. And, and actually put a video capturing his sentiments on this. He said, this means a lot. This means they were all going, uh, they were all going all year pretty much take responsibility for speaking up to each other. You guys did teach me a lot today and everybody needs to speak up. His words were, were wise beyond his years. Every time you see something, say something. Don't be a bystander. That applies to so many things like racism to be sure, but also mental health. The author then continues. He states that as he walked around the Albion campus, he met several students who were profoundly impacted by Zachary's death, and which was still being investigated during the time of this interview. It hit many people personally, and many of these students were talking about their own suicidal ideation, how they struggle every day. They feel life is overwhelming. It's 10 times harder for people who don't have a huge access to, to resources. And the ironic thing is that it took Zachary's death to have everybody spring into action. It's good to see the community come together. If like, if you need an open space, come to my room, we'll talk. We've got to take this seriously before it, it hits so we can prevent it. This is a national crisis. Suicide totals have risen 61% over the last 20 years, according to the most recent centers, the most recent statistics from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. This includes a 49% rise for black males between 15 and 24 years old in, in the United States. In 2017, suicide took the lives of 5,000 males and 1,300 females in that group. It is said to be one of the most preventable causes of death. We must figure out how to stop it. The first step is to get comfortable to talking about it, to reduce the stigma of mental health issues and to know the warning signs. How do you help somebody? What do you say? There's fear and stigma for asking help. Not every person can exhibit signs of being suicidal. That's okay. To have a caring conversation is just being a friend or coworker. Set up a private conversation and talk. It's important to be supportive and care and not be judgmental. You are starting open-ended and follow the lead with active listening skills. The conversation feels heavy. Just keep on talking. This is the thing that Albion students are now doing. Zachary and Cassius talked every day, whether it's by phone or by text. And they, met, they were in contact throughout their entire lives. And they spoke of joy and of love. And they don't want this tragedy to change that. But this epidemic has to stop. Perhaps Cassius summed it up best. Cassius wrote on social media, I love you so much. If I could carry your pain, I would wear it on my shoulders just to see you happy and wouldn't think twice. I understand it was, it was too much. I understand I really do, and your story won't end here. I can promise you that the next time I run into somebody in your situation, I'm going to save them because that's what you want me to do. I'm going to save them. That's perfect. That's what students at Elbin College are trying to do, and that what's, that's what Cassius promised to do, and that has to be our mission. That was the end of the article that 
really affected me because in so many ways, it reminded me of my son, Matt. And what I want to do now is take a short break and tell you about the friend of Matt that came to visit us and really gave us some insight into aspect of Matt's life that we never knew about. So we'll take a short break and I'll be right back telling this very interesting story about this very good friend of Matt that came back to see us without knowing that Matt had passed away. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit VoiceAmerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Do you wish you could avoid having difficult conversations with your kids about sex, relationships, and how to stay safe? Do you struggle with what and how much to say? You're not alone. Tune into Holistic Sex Ed Radio with host Robin LaCrosse for a fresh new perspective on sex education that goes beyond the birds and the bees. We gather together every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for conversations designed to improve your relationships, expand your knowledge, and give you the tools to help your kids make the most out of their lives. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned into What My Son's Death by Suicide Taught Me About Life. If you'd like to send Marshall Adler a question or comment that can be addressed privately or on a future program, please send an email to marshalontheradio at gmail.com. That's marshalontheradio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Thank you so much for coming back after this short message and I appreciate you listening to this different type of episode because I really wanted to tell you about that article I just read about the death of Zachary Winston because it resonated with me in so many different ways because he seemed like a wonderful person, loving brother, 
good friend, great teammate, and nobody saw anything that would tip them off of a potential death by suicide. And unfortunately, I've talked to so many people who have lost loved ones to suicide who tell me the same story. And as listeners of this podcast have learned, we were completely devastated, shocked, and blown away by Matt's death by suicide. Matt was living in California, living with very good friends, finished films, uh, his film studies, trying to start his film career, working on projects that he was excited to work on, was as happy as he ever was. We just saw him days before his passing. He could not have been in a better place, both physically, mentally, and spiritually. And we really thought this was the beginning of a wonderful stage of his life, never imagining that it was going to be the last time we saw him. So the story of Zachary Winston, again, really resonated with me when I read this article. And I really wanted to make sure the that you, the audience, got a chance to get an appreciation of what a wonderful person Zachary Winston was, just as my son Matt was an incredible, wonderful person. And unfortunately, they both passed from death by suicide. And one of the reasons we're doing this podcast is to try to help our society deal with this horrific epidemic because we are losing our best and our brightest. And what I want to talk about now is that before the Thanksgiving holiday, on a Sunday morning, we had a knock on the door. And on a Sunday morning, you never know who's going to show up on your door. So I went out and saw one of Matt's very good friends since he was about 10 or 12 years old, whose name was also Matthew. And I was so happy to see him because it had been a number of years since I had seen him. He was no longer a young man. He was a grown man. And I invited him in, gave him a big hug, assuming that he was in town, wanted to see how we're doing after Matt's passing. But what he actually told me was a completely different story than I ever expected. I did not know that he had moved to Arizona. I did not know that he was married. I did not know that he had recently gotten his master's degree, was working in Arizona, got married, and had three wonderful children. And I was so happy to hear all that. 
what I didn't know was that he had been out of the area for a number of years. He had been in contact with Matt for years, but with the nature of his schedule, with his marriage, his three children, his education, getting his master's and working full time, he just had not had direct contact with Matt for a number of months. And he was dropping off his daughter to Sunday school when he ran into the rabbi who he knew, knew our family. And he asked the rabbi how Matt Adler was doing, not knowing that Matt had passed away. And the rabbi, unfortunately, had to give him the news of Matt's passing in July 2018. He obviously was stunned. And after he dropped his daughter off, made sure she was fine, he came right over to our house. Hence, was was the reason that he knocked on our door on that early Sunday morning. It was like 9 o'clock in the morning. And when he came in and told us that he did not know anything about Matt's passing, we realized that there could have been some people that we did not were able we were not able to get in contact with when Matt passed away given the nature of social media many of his friends were very helpful very um proactive to try to get as many of his friends notified about his passing and to see if they could attend his funeral here in Orlando. And we were amazed how many of his friends from not only the Orlando area, but around the country dropped everything and came to his funeral as a tribute to him. It was amazing. But obviously we were in such a state of shock that we didn't know who was or who was not contacted. And this friend of Matt's named Matthew did not get contact for whatever reason. And when we told him that we felt so bad he didn't know about it, he completely understood. He said he was in Arizona and he was just with his wife and his kids and his education and his job. He just um, had sort of uh, not had direct contact with a lot of his old friends here in Orlando, which is just totally uh, uh, not, you know, not, not unexpected. And so we told him the story of Matt's passing that we've previously talked about on this um, podcast. And he was completely shocked because he said that he did talk to Matt around the time of Matt's passing. He knew he was in California. He knew he was living with friends from Orlando He knew that he had gone to film school. He knew that he was working on many different projects. And he said how Matt sounded 
so good around that time. And of course, we were not surprised by this because we had the same experience. Everything that we heard from Matt was positive. When we saw Matt, he looked great, sounded great, was happy. And again, this was just literally days before his passing. And we were talking to him almost like we were talking to Matt because he was telling us things that Matt was telling him around the time of his passing, how he was looking forward to so many different projects, how he was looking forward to continuing his life in California, how he was looking forward to getting so many different new experiences, so many different friends, and everything looked so hopeful, which is the height of irony because this was literally shortly before his passing. So it was quite a deep conversation we had about Matt's passing because we knew what happened, but Matt's friend didn't. And when we filled him in on what did happen with Matt's passing, he filled us in with some other information that we didn't know because he, he was in contact with Matt shortly before his passing. And it was almost like we were getting new information that we didn't know. Matt was always amazing the way he had so many different friends from so many different aspects of life. He had friends who were artists. He had friends who were intellectuals. He had friends who were athletes. He had friends who were uh, manual laborers. He had friends who were into so many different types of interesting things. Anybody who reached out to him, he would find a way to connect with them. He'd find a way to be friends with them. He'd find a way to find common interests. And that's why his friends were always so diverse, but they all had the common sense that they felt Matt made them the focus of their conversation and the focus of his attention, which people really appreciated. And this is what we heard from Matt's friend when he told us how he was so impressed how Matt was doing shortly before his passing. So it was an insight that we never heard from him before because we didn't contact him about Matt's passing, but it gave us an insight as to what his relationship with Matt was uh, uh, focused on at that time. And again, everything, as he said, just looked fantastic, which is unfortunately more of the rule than the exception when it comes to the unexpected nature of losing a loved one from suicide because it's not something that you can see. As I mentioned before, it's like the iceberg that sunk the Titanic. As human beings, we see the 10% of the iceberg above the waterline, which is what the Titanic saw, but that was not the part that sunk the Titanic. 
the part that sunk the Titanic with the 90% of the iceberg below the waterline that they couldn't see. And unfortunately, when it comes to human beings, it's the 90% of the waterline that we don't see that takes people's lives. And I'd just like to take a short break now, and I want to read this incredible letter that Matt's friend wrote to Matt after our meeting. And I was so touched by this letter that I asked his permission to read it on this show. And he agreed. And I want to thank him so much for that because this letter meant so much to us. And it will be forever in Matt's room. And after we come back from the short break, I want to read you this letter that meant so much to our family. And we'll be right back. And thank you so much for listening. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit VoiceAmerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Do you wish you could avoid having difficult conversations with your kids about sex, relationships, and how to stay safe? Do you struggle with what and how much to say? You're not alone. Tune into Holistic Sex Ed Radio with host Robin LaCrosse for a fresh new perspective on sex education that goes beyond the birds and the bees. We gather together every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for conversations designed to improve your relationships, expand your knowledge, and give you the tools to help your kids make the most out of their lives. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned into What My Son's Death by Suicide Taught Me About Life. If you'd like to send Marshall Adler a question or comment that can be addressed privately or on a future program, please send an email to marshalontheradio at gmail.com. 
That's marshalontheradio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Thank you so much for listening, and I want to read you this incredible letter that we received from Matt's lifelong friend. What happened is after he came to visit us, we went out to dinner with him, his wife, and his three children, and we had a wonderful time. It was wonderful seeing his wonderful family, his wife, his three uh, young children, and it just was heartwarming for us to see him. And he called me up the next day, and he said that he put something on our front door that he wanted me to read, and he said it was this letter. And I was out, and I came home, and I read it. It just made an incredible effect and really resonated with me as to how much love he had for Matt and how Matt loved him. So I cannot thank him enough for agreeing to have me read this letter to you, the audience, because I really think it gives insight into the relationship that Matt had with so many of his friends, with so many of his loved ones, with so many people throughout the world that he has touched. And so I really think this letter will be a good synopsis telling you how my son, Matt Adler, touched and affected so many people in a positive manner. So without any further ado, I want to read this letter to you. Hello, Matt. I'm writing you this letter because, frankly, I am at a loss of what to say or do. I just found out about the events that happened in July 2018, and I was taken aback and devastated by the news. I remember talking to you around that time and everything sounded so good. But that is not the reason for, for me to write this letter. I hope somehow, in some way, this letter makes it to you. I really just want to let you know how much I miss you and how special it is to be your friend. Matt, you've always been just a little bit better than everybody else. Your character, your intelligence, your humor, your raw talent, and everything that you are made of. There is and will never be anyone else like you. Your light and darkness shines through you at all times. And everyone loves you for all that you are, an amazing person that I cannot say enough about. Whatever you do, you do on your terms. Whatever you say, you do not hesitate to repeat. 
Your kindness and generosity was given without question. But what I think what I miss the most is our honest and heartfelt conversations about life, problems, and philosophy. I don't miss our political conversations because you're way too liberal for me, but you have such an amazing talent of connecting with people and making lasting, long-term friends all the time. I honestly don't know how you ever found time to be alone. You know me, so I will try not to understand what happened, but I hope you're okay, and I hope you're at peace. It seems that there's always a yin and a yang to everything and to everyone. You, with your exuberant pronounced skills that left everyone with envy, but you still had your demons and hardships. I hope you have now shed those and can start anew. I want to let you know you are a defining character in my life. But if I am to be honest, I always imagine it the other way around. You were always going to be the big star and me just a footnote in Matt Adler's biography. I know your family was so important to you, so I'll let you know that they are all right. You have left everyone in a tough spot, but everyone understands that this was not your intention. At the end of the day, you've always done things on your own terms. And so, in some way, it seems fitting. Not appreciated or fully understood, but respectable nonetheless. Your parents have really come together while dealing with this loss. You are still well-loved and missed. You are and always were so wise. I look back and feel as if I always knew you. You kind of suddenly prepared everyone for an abrupt end. I heard that there were two large memorial services for you, and it, got, and it just goes to show how well-received and liked you are. You never take time to acknowledge yourself, so I think now would be a good time to really focus on that. I wish you happiness, peace, and hope you find everything you want and need with love, Matthew Michael. And that was the name of his friend who was so gracious to write that letter and was so gracious to allow me to read that letter to you and was so gracious to reach out to us after learning of Matt's passing. And that letter will be forever in Matt's room next to one of Matt's favorite quotations. And I'm going to end the show by reading this quotation that's going to be forever right next to this wonderful letter that we received. And this quotation that I'm reading is from one of Matt's favorite authors, Henry David Thoreau. Quote, if a man does not keep pace with his companions, perhaps it is because he hears a different drummer.
Let him step to the music he hears, however measured or far away. Close quote, Henry David Thoreau. With that, I would like to close today's episode and thank Matt's friend, Matthew Michael, for reaching out to us and really making a huge effect on our lives by reconnecting with us and writing that wonderful letter to Matt. And it really meant so much to us to see him and to reconnect with him. I would now like to say that, again, if anybody is struggling or if anyone knows a friend or loved one who is struggling, please contact a medical professional, mental health professional, call 911 if warranted, or call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at one 800 273-8255. I hope you have a good week. I hope that you got something out of today's episode. I hope that the stories that resonated with me resonated with you. Again, thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you very much. Thank you for tuning in to What My Son's Death by Suicide Taught Me About Life. We hope we've given you some insight concerning the issues of surviving and thriving after the suicide death of a loved one during our program today. Please join your host, Marshall Adler, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope you have a good week.